What is going on? I want to welcome you from Half Court. I am your host, Sean Murphy, and today I am joined by the Prince of Hype, the Detroit sports man on Twitter, Tony Dombrowski. Tony, what's going on, man? How you doing? The Prince of Hype, that's a new one. For for the amount of intros that I've heard for different podcast appearances, that might be my favorite one, Sean. So that's a, that's a good job by you, the Prince of Hype. I like that one. But Sean, oh. listen, man, it's it's really good to be here. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, we did chat before we got started that I am your first official guest on this podcast. Mm-hmm. That that means a lot to me. Um Let's make this the best guest episode that you're going to have, man. I'm looking forward yeah. to being here. Tony, you're setting the bar high, man, honestly. <laughs> um, before we hop in, just uh, do you kind of want to give like a little bit of like the elevator speech of like who you are and what you do and where people can find you? Yeah. So, I mean, I know that you do want to talk about a little bit about who I am later on in this interview, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah, I, my name is Tony Dabrowski. Most of you probably know me as the guy who makes videos about Detroit sports on my Twitter. I've been making the videos for, oh boy, I started doing them in August, 2017. So that we're approaching four years now of me doing it. The time has really flown by. That's but crazy, man. It, it, it's, it's really crazy how fast these past four years have gone because when I started those videos again, back in August, 2017, mm-hmm. that was, that was before I started my freshman year at college at Oak university. And now at the time of recording this today, I graduate this spring. So it's Dude. really crazy to see how fast these past few years have gone. But yeah, I've been making the Twitter videos for a couple of years now. And it's just been so much fun. Whether it's been making Lions videos, Tigers videos, Red Wing videos, Piston videos, whatever the case may be, because I've been able to meet such great people just by doing the videos. I've met so many good people, including you, Sean. So it's, oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good to be here again, as I mentioned already. And that's just a little rundown of who I am. Again, I'm going to try to save everything else for the segment later on. But yeah, um, yeah I make Twitter videos. I'm tweeting all the time about Detroit sports. And if you do want to find me on Twitter, is at Tony Dabrowski. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to give him a follow because, and, and the reason why I say Prince of Hype, like, first of all, that's not something <laughs> I, that's not something that came up on the spot. I remember uh, your birthday was about a week and a half ago, right? Or about yeah, a week yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember I tweeted at you, happy birthday to the, to the Prince of Hype, <laughs> the man himself. And I, uh, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I put that photo of the kid from Polar no, Express. So I was actually going to, I was actually going to bring that up because that's two straight <laughs> years now that you have done that. I and... was wondering if you noticed if I did <laughs> no, that last I, year. I absolutely noticed, uh, <laughs> which I'm not mad or anything. I, I, it, it makes me laugh. It made me laugh both times because uh-huh. the first time you did it last year, I'm like, do I really look like that kid? And then you did it again this year. And I'm like, I look like that kid from the Polar Express. So <laughs> I, I did know this for two straight years. I hope you make it three straight next year. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did notice it. I, I, it made me chuckle both times. Oh, dude, that is, I'm not going to lie. That's, I couldn't have pictured a better moment in this interview. That is hilarious. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't me making fun of you at all. It was totally no, like, no, no. Yeah, like, cause you and I, like, I, I think we have, like, you have quite a few followers, but like, of the people I interact with on Twitter, I think you and I interact pretty common, commonly, mm-hmm. just because you and I have always, you know, kind of just enjoyed talking about sports and whether I d- agree with you or disagree with you, you're just always someone that's willing to chat and with your with your well versed knowledge of all things Detroit sports, whether it be baseball, hockey, football, basketball, you know, you're always just someone that's en- an enjoyable person to chat with. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I remember the first time I saw you on there, I was like, oh my gosh, he looks like the kid from Polar <laughs> Express. And so I, I posted that on your birthday just to see what would happen. And um, the fact that the fact that it makes you chuckle and it's something you it, recognize. It, I, I, I'm being so serious. It made me laugh. I did not look at that as like, oh, he's trying to make fun All of me. Right, I'm like, good. I do look like the Polar Express kid. <laughs> like, do you want to hear some sicko mode or Mo Bamba? Like, yeah, that, that looks just like me. I can't even hide from that but with regards to interacting with you and the other um specifically pistons twitter members i mean 
I I try to interact with as many people as I can on Twitter. I mean, mm-hmm. unless you're one of my close friends, I don't have any favorites with regards to who I reply to or not. Right. But I, I will say this, if I've met you in person and know that you're a cool person in general, uh, more times than none, I will reply to you more than I will to someone I've never met before. Right. Um, so because there's just a little bit of a connection there, you know? So. Oh, for sure. What, once you're like within like a couple rows of each other, just screaming <laughs> at the Indiana Pacers and watching Blake Griffin just slam it down. I mean, that's just a bond you can't, you can't take away. You know what I mean? That, that so. game, that game was nuts though. The game that I met you at, because um, not to get sidetracked here before we yeah, get no, into of it. Of course. Yeah. But that game was the game where, back when Piston 6 was a thing of how many years ago now that was such um, an awesome thing man i miss that so i much. hate that they don't they don't do that no more because they literally gave us free tickets that's what i was going to bring up that game i got free tickets and i brought eli bashy i'm sure you've you you know eli oh i definitely want him on here at some point too he i'm gonna I- I'm going to get Eli onto the show, whether dude, he likes it, it or not. He'll, dude, he'll come it, on for sure. But dude, if, if the three of us could sit down at like on, like a, <laughs> on a separate episode and do an episode together. Oh man, that would that be would, so fun. That would be way too wild. Um, <laughs> but Pistons, the Pistons gave us the, those three tickets for Pistons six. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I brought Eli as my guest and right next to us, literally right next to us was, um, everything king you do mm-hmm. you know marcus king his youtube oh, yeah. videos he, he is wild yeah. man i love he's him. awesome he is so awesome and he he was literally right next to us and then you were a few rows behind us there was another another guy oddly enough his name is also sean he was back there too yeah <laughs> everybody was there i mean that game was so wild the pistons won that night too against the pacers who um back then the pacers were one of the rising teams in the NBA. Yeah. So that was a, that was a big time win and that was a really fun game. So, yeah, it was kind of like, it was kind of like one of Blake's only great games last year too. So like it was, it was just one of those things where um, it had a lot going for it. And, you know, for me that night was like, it just stands out to me because um, as you found out that night, I go hard when I'm at a piston. <laughs> if, if, if I don't lose my voice, I didn't do it right. That's right. kinda, and so to have like guys like you and Eli and Mark, like, you know, everybody, like normally I stick out like a sore thumb on whatever section I'm in, but that, that I felt like home and that was just a fun night. I remember hearing one person out of the entire arena screaming so much louder than everyone else behind us. And I'm like, who is that? I turn around. I see you. I think, were you in your Derek Rose? Yeah. So jersey? I was, yeah. So I was like, I was a row in front of you. I was like a row or two in front of you. And oh. I, so I actually bought that Jersey that night, which is kind of how they get away with the Piston six thing. It's because they have fools like me that will just throw money at them. Um, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I was, I was sitting there and there was like a clip. I remember someone recorded me and like tagged me on Instagram because <laughs> he thought I was hilarious. And I was like, yeah, that, that that was just a fun night, man. Oh yeah, my gosh. Whether you were in front of me or behind me, I, I remember thinking, man, someone is screaming louder than everybody else. And I just even turned around to look in front of me and I see you just like pumping your fist in the air and going, I'm like, there, okay, that it's him. It's him. He's he's <laughs> loving what he's seeing right now. Oh, one hundred percent, man. Like I said, if uh if they only had three fans in their in the arena, it was you, me, and Eli in there. That's all uh, that they would, need. It sound like a it sound like a Lakers home game during the playoffs, man. We'd make it uh <laughs> we would make it happen. <laughs> That's all they need is us three. And add King in there too, and it's perfect. Oh, one hundred percent. That's just the that's the trifecta right there. What else can you right. ask for? Uh, well, well, Tony, I wanted to kind of start this episode, um, not to bring the mood immediately down or anything. I don't think this has to be a bummer conversation, but mm-hmm. um, so I, I released my first episode on Tuesday and I, I scheduled it for that time. And I thought, okay, yeah, nothing, you know, nothing too crazy about that. But then um, it hit me because I didn't think about it until that day when I go on Twitter and I see that that was the day of Kobe's you know, one year anniversary of him tragically passing away in that, in that helicopter crash. And, um, to me that, that just kind of hit me hard. And I, I, I know I'm not alone in that. And 
Um, I, I think when I, when I think of NBA players in my lifetime, personally, um, there's really only two names that like have that kind of reverence of my, of our generation and it's LeBron and it's Kobe. Right. And, and, uh, for me, um, I know that when that event happened, it made me, um, it made me realize how I, how much I truly appreciated watching him play and what he meant to me. And I know that you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe you were there like the night after at a Pistons mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. Um, when they, when they had the moment of silence. And I, I so badly wish I was there just for that too. Um, but I, I just kind of wanted to ask and start with um, kind of a twofold question. One, um, what was that night like at the LCA? Like, you know, I, obviously I know, um, it wasn't a Lakers game, so it wasn't that level or anything, but still the NBA family as a whole was hit hard by that. Um, but also like, what did Kobe mean to you growing up? So I'll start with your second question and that can go into the, yeah, the, for sure. the first one. Um, I mean, you kind of touched on it already, but you know, I'm 22 right now and you said you're 23, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. So obviously we weren't, we're not old enough to see Michael Jordan like we weren't we weren't alive when Michael Jordan was in his prime with the Bulls you know right Um, so as you mentioned already our two big time players growing up was Kobe and LeBron currently so when he passed it it was really really shocking um you know, I always mention this whenever I talk about Kobe's death, but like, I never experienced the world around me just kind of stop yeah. like I did when I heard that Kobe passed. I mean, I sat in this chair that I'm in right now from when I heard the news until like 10 o'clock at night when I finally was like, all right, I need to, I need to get up and go do something to try to take my mind off of this but right it it it, it still obviously hurts over a year later I know mm-hmm. there's everyone else that feels that way in the NBA community um yeah definitely definitely still hurts today and you, you mentioned the day after I, I I did go to the Pistons game against the Cavs I didn't go to see the Pistons play the Cavaliers <laughs> that was nothing the- yeah, nothing to watch there. <laughs> that was the last thing that I wanted to to see with that basketball game. I mean, it was the day after, so uh, Kobe's right. death was on Sunday. This was Monday. Um, I didn't have much schoolwork because I mentioned I'm going to Oakland University. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have much schoolwork that day. I wasn't doing anything that night. And I looked at the schedule, and I noticed that the Pistons were playing at home that night against Cleveland. So I was like – you know what, I, I, I really want to go to that game and just be in the arena to see and be part of the tribute for Kobe. Right. Um, so I reached out to my one of my friends and I'm like, hey, you want to go to the game tonight? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go. Found some pretty cheap seats. And well, when I say cheap, I mean, <laughs> so the Pistons, it's it's so it's so Pistons because of how terrible they are. But I always used to find $20 seats right behind the basket. Like, oh, yeah. you, just, you can always, that's a, cons, that's a constant. You can find yeah. those. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. They were cheap seats, but they were good seats. So we, I found really good seats and I'm like, you know what, let's, let's go to the Pistons game. And it doesn't even matter about the Pistons versus the Cavs. Let's just right. be in the arena and be part of the tribute for Kobe. And it, it's an experience I will never forget. I mean, being in the arena that night, it was just, it, it was a different feeling than when I go to Piston games. I mean, it, it, it's, it's hard to describe, but there was just a, a different feeling in there. There was and probably like, it wasn't kind of like a weight, like it was just a noticeable weight. Yeah. 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 It was, it, it was weird to say the least it felt very somber in there because again this wasn't even 24 hours after it happened or or it was a little bit after 24 hours but still I mean it was just the womb the cut was still so fresh you know right um and of course I met up with followers there too and usually when I meet up with followers at games we talk about the Pistons and what's going on with the team and whatnot what Dwayne Mm -hmm. Casey is going to do that night or whatever with the lineups 
But instead, this time, we just talked about our favorite Kobe moments. And it, yeah. it, it, it was sad, but at the same time, it's still an experience that I'm really, really glad that I ended up going to. Um, yeah. I, I felt like it, it felt good for me to get out of the house and go to Little Caesars Arena to be part of that tribute. Yeah, I, I, I remember, I remember watching that, and and I remember seeing um, the stuff that you posted from being there. And I just, uh, you know, for me living on the other side of the state, I just, if I, if I lived closer, I would have, I would have been there in a heartbeat. It would have been so easy to make that happen. But um, I, I definitely, real quick, do want to touch on favorite Kobe moments for me. Um, my one. I mean, obviously there with Kobe, it's hard to dial it down to one just because he has a career Oh yeah, that he just has such a career of so many different moments and so many dif- different things that mean a lot of things to different people. But to me, um, still my favorite NBA game I've watched live. And, and that's saying something is his final game just because that was going to be mine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let, yeah, let's just talk about that for a second because um to me what stands out from that game was um when they came back and it was the final timeout and he was still had the ice bags tied around his knees <laughs> he he just looked beaten to you know for a lack of terms better terms beaten to hell he was just at on the ropes and um the, the coach was just saying gotta give me one more Kobe gotta give me one more and um the fact that he went out there and did it again it just it just speaks to, to everything that the Mamba mentality meant and, and just why he was so special. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I remember, I remember watching that game and you know, th- they played the jazz obviously. And yep. back then, like the jazz, they, they were a playoff team. If I remember correctly. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think they were, um, but they, they at least had Gordon Hayward who yeah. we all know how good Utah jazz Gordon Hayward was. And he's balling out with the Hornets right now, but Utah jazz Gordon Hayward was yeah. really good. And the Lakers that year were putrid. <laughs> they were so, so bad. They were so and bad. they were terrible. And I just remember watching that live with Tariko on the call and just seeing Kobe just knock down shot after shot after shot, especially in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, holy crap, he's got 30. Holy mm-hmm. crap, he's got 40. Holy crap, he's got 50. And then he hit 60 in his final game. I'm like... That is one incredible way to go out because sometimes you sometimes you don't go out like that. I mean, I know this is a different sport, but like Drew Brees, for example, probably yeah. his final NFL game, he was terrible oh, against you, the Bucks. Oh, dog trash! Absolute yeah, dog trash. Yeah. While Kobe, on the other hand, went out dropping sixty against a really good basketball team. Right. It, it's just like you said, that was the mama mentality. And that, that for me is definitely my, my favorite Kobe moment, but a close number two is his final, his final game at the palace. Um, uh-huh. I remember the, the Pistons tweeted that video. Um, I believe it was probably the day after of his passing, but that, that still always gives me goosebumps because, you know, it, the, the crowd was just electric for oh, that. Yeah for that standing ovation and it, it just goes to show you how much respect people had for Kobe especially in this city because right. when you think of the Pistons and Lakers you think of those rivalries especially yeah. back in 2004 when we beat them in five um and we helped break up Kobe and Shaq but how many years later Kobe's final time at the palace seeing him get that massive standing ovation Mm-hmm. And that big time um, introduction from Mason, it just goes to show you how much respect specifically this city and fan base had for him. And to this day, when I watch that video, it just, it, it, it really does hit different. And the thing that's crazy too, is that, um, I mean, for one, as you mentioned that rivalry, I mean, we, the Pistons back in the day would go to war with the Lakers every time they're out on the court. Like that was they just still a do now. Oh, they do. They do. Yeah. Blake Griffin going, went out. He looked like he was in a war <laughs> the other night, but um, you know, like th- those teams in particular and oh, like around Oh four Oh five, you know, um, Kobe just brought out a different animal with us. And um, 
So for me growing up, I always saw him as the rival, but now, um, you know, some of my favorite NBA finals, even growing up, like when he, when he would play this, the Celtics, the big three Celtics, those, those stand out too. Um, how can you not bring up the 81 point game? Just everything mm-hmm. that, everything mm-hmm. that Kobe accomplished. Um, I just wanted to take some time and just, you know, say, you know, rest in peace to the legend, um, you know, love him and, and think about him forever. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, we could honestly spend an entire podcast sitting down and just talking mm-hmm. Kobe moments because there's just mm-hmm. that many of them. Um, mm-hmm. But but since I have you here, Tony, I definitely want to sit down and I want to get to know you a little better because, um, you know, you at a at a young age have been able to <laughs> gather quite a following, have built a reputation for yourself. And while being in college too, to put in that amount of work that you have to to have built up this platform that you have um, is honestly, dude, like genuinely really impressive and something I admire about you. Um, and, oh, I and appreciate I, that. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I kind of want to start by asking um, what has it been like for you? Like you said, you started in 2017, right? Mm-hmm. That's when the video started. Yeah. Um, how long was that in the works for and how did that come about? Oh man. That was in the works for probably that entire summer. Again, I started making the videos. My first video that I ever made was August 2017. Again, mm-hmm. right before my freshman year started at Oakland. Right. And yeah, that was probably in the works throughout the entire summer. I mean, I knew that I wanted to do something like this, but I didn't know it would be Twitter videos. Right. Um. So how it came to be was I sat down with one of my longtime high school friends, still one of my best friends to this day, Troy Frank, who I have a, another podcast with. And I sat down with him and one of my other close high school friends, again, to this day, um, John Mitchell. So we got together one night and we were talking about doing a podcast, which we're doing it now. But back in 2017, like, this is what we were planning to do to just get me to grow, you know? Right. Like, the Twitter videos weren't even a discussion at this point. It's just going to be this podcast, and we would keep doing it, and I would just keep growing and growing and growing, you know? But before we pulled the trigger and we were going to start to actually do this podcast, it was Troy who recommended to me that I need to do something to get my name out there more before we start mm-hmm. doing this podcast. Um, so we were thinking of ways that I could do that. You know, should I do YouTube videos? Should I do whatever, you know, what can I do to get my name out there? And it was mm-hmm. Troy who recommended the Twitter videos. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I honestly <laughs> never, I never looked at Twitter as like a platform, like a little YouTube almost, you know, I never thought of that, right. but I, I sat down like the next night or whatever in my parents' basement on the couch and I pressed record on my phone and I was so nervous and mm-hmm. I was like, hi, my name's Tony and uh, I, I, I want to be a sports broadcaster. I want to talk sports for a living. So I'm going to start making Twitter videos on here. So that was the start of it. And I, I just kept on going and going and going and going and going. Uh, again, mm-hmm. as I mentioned already, we're now going on f- close to four years of doing it. I just kept on doing them and doing them and doing them. I've grinded so much <laughs> making these videos and trying to get my name out there. And the feedback that I've gotten because of the videos that I've made, I, I did not expect it at all. I mean, if I would have went back in time to when I made my first video again, when I was so nervous, I didn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. And I just, I went back and told myself like, Hey, keep on grinding. This is where you're eventually going to be. I, I would not have believed myself. There's no way. And I'm not trying to like toot my own horn or anything, but like, I'm just reflecting on what has happened over these past few years. Well, no, Tony, I was just about to toot your own horn for it. I was, (laughs) I was going to praise you, man, because I just, I have your, I have your Twitter profile pulled up right now, which by the way, 
Um, your podcast is is great. Trash talk with Tony Dombrowski is always oh, a fun thanks, listen. Man. Thanks, yeah, absolutely. Man. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, you're I don't know if you you directly know this or how closely you follow this number, but you're sitting at, at almost six thousand seven hundred followers on Twitter, which to think of the fact that there's about almost 6,700 unique people that are following you on Twitter that know who you are for different reasons is something that's genuinely impressive. And it's kind of crazy because I found you because of Pistons content, but I also, but then I saw, Oh, but he does everything. Like Mm -hmm. like you cover all things Detroit sports. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, man, it's just been cool to see like your growth and also just how, you've steadily improved and just the kind of content you make, man, you're, you're definitely, you've definitely made a unique like niche and and, and corner for yourself on Twitter. Because I, I remember I tried doing reaction videos at one point, but I, 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 one of the reasons I stopped doing them was because I, I couldn't nearly do it to the level that, that you have, or Nick has like, you know, you guys have, have kind of, as far as that goes, have mastered it. And, you know, for me, that's kind of why I started this, you know, like one of the reasons why I moved to podcasting is because for me, this has been the platform that, that I, I um, fell in love with, but to have mm-hmm. only two minutes and 20 seconds of video to make, I mean, that's just quite a challenge. And um, like, what's that experience been, been like for you over the years having to work with that? So th- there are a few things now I'll bring up from what you said um yeah sorry i threw a lot at you there no 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 no. you're good you're good i mean there were a few other things i was going to bring up and now after hearing that there are more things i want to bring up so (laughs) that's a good thing you can never have it's better to have more than less so that's that's a good thing to know especially for my two minute 20 second videos uh with regards to trying to keep it all in two minutes and 20 seconds it's harder than it looks sean oh i've done it (laughs) i promise you it's so much harder than it looks no i brought it up it's hard to do when i tried (laughs) it for pistons games i'd be at like six minutes i'm like i thought that was too genuinely it's so hard (laughs) it's it's a lot harder than it looks to fit an entire game's thoughts in two mm-hmm. minutes and 20 seconds i i have to mentally script what i'm gonna say yep. in my videos before i do it because if i just get in front of the camera and go i'm i'm gonna miss something big and i don't like that you know if i make a video <laughs> and i realize at the end oh crap i forgot to mention like you know Savi having a good game and i'm like well i have to redo it because i have to mention that so i have to literally script it out in my head and sometimes it takes time to make my videos, you know, yeah. sometimes it takes more than one, two, three takes. Like sometimes, honestly, Sean, it takes me like six or seven takes to actually get a good video out. But when I have that perfect video, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Like, I don't, I, I don't like posting videos that I'm not comfortable throwing out there. I mean, right. if, I, if I rewatch a video and I go, I think I can do better. I'm not going to post it. I'm going to try to get a better video out. So yeah, it's, it's harder than it looks, but the fact that I'm going on four years of doing it it, again, it's just incredible to think about. And, you know, you mentioned how many followers I have. I mean, to know that there's so many people out there that care what I have to say about our terrible sports teams it's crazy to me and it, it's it's humbling in a way I mean it really it, it it just that's that's what I was trying to go for right. when I started the Twitter videos to try to make a name for myself now I have a name for myself now I have a radio show at Oak University I have another separate podcast that I do again with Troy Frank yeah um it's just I, I got other people reaching out to me to come on to their podcast I I have people telling me that the reason they want to do podcasting and sports commentary if you will is because of my videos what I do and wow again to see how far it's grown it's incredible to me but that's not going to stop me from trying to get bigger either right yeah that's awesome man I mean that to me like no matter where this takes you or no matter where you go it has to you have to at the very least consider that as an absolute win when someone says I started something because of you it's, and especially to hear that at 22 
Um, that, yeah. that, yeah. that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. so, so speaking of influences, um, as far as like in broadcast, um, who were, who were some influences for you? I know for me, um, uh, I go to Stuart Scott. That was mine. Like immediately I grew up a huge sports center fan. Mm-hmm. Whenever he was calling the highlights, you know, that just inspired me to want to do, want to do similar things. Um, who, who are some influences that stood out to you? Really good question, Sean. Um, oh, thanks, Tony. <laughs> um, so this is going to be a hometown example. How, right. how are you, you going to like a hometown example? I like the hometown examples. Absolutely. Uh, Johnny Kane. Johnny Kane. Johnny so Kane was a big influence for me growing up, especially in high school. Like when I was when I was like a freshman, sophomore, junior in high school, mostly watching, well, it was everything, but, you know, mostly watching the Tigers because Johnny, this was more of when he was doing, I think he was doing more Tigers at this time. I could be completely wrong, but right. I saw, I saw more of Johnny doing a Tigers broadcast and Pistons broadcast back at this time. I mean, this was, oh boy, 20, 20, 13 between 2013 2016-ish so right mm-hmm. around that range I mean for me personally I saw him more on the Tiger broadcast than Piston broadcast but that's besides the point um watching Johnny on the Fox Sports Detroit broadcast whether it was Tigers or Pistons or I think he did some wings too I always watched him and thought that he he knows what he's doing and oh, that's 100 percent that's that's a really really that's someone who's really good at his job and that that was definitely one of my biggest influences and it it got to a point where I wanted to reach out to him to get tips about how to make it in this industry and what he's doing Mm -hmm. so not to go on like a little story time here but please um, do man please do (laughs) um back when I was a junior in high school I'm pretty sure it's my junior year of high school so this would be uh, the 2015-16 school year um <laughs> it, it's it sounds funny but it's the absolute truth I I slid in the dms the instagram dms I, there you go man you <laughs> I, gotta I, do it that's that's how you and I interacted I slid in your twitter dms so hey. I, I I shot my shot I went in the instagram dms and I said hey Mr. Kane my name is Tony Nabrowski I'm a junior in high school I want to I want to go into the sports broadcasting field and you're someone who I've watched for a long time now and I would just love to get some broadcasting tips and it, I, I heard back from him. He did DM me back and we, we just, we, we, we hit it off from there. And what turned from a simple Instagram DM turned into me having his phone number and wow. talking with him a lot. I mean, whenever I have a question, I reach out to him and he just helps me out. And I really feel like, I've built a, a friendship there and he went from being, oh, I still look up to him, but he went from someone who I just looked up to on TV to someone I look up to in life as well. As like a mentor. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's kind of like a mentor to me and that it, it, it does mean a lot to me. And, um, so to answer your question, Sean, I would definitely say uh, Johnny is a big influence and mentor to me for sure. Dude, Johnny Kane, I, I, you know, I could go all day. Um, I, I love, um, you know, on, I, I feel like we've been really blessed to have um, Fox Sports Detroit over the years has just had a great team, um, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, you know, ever since we were younger with George Blaha, Greg Kelser, you know, we always, always have the best commentators in the booth, but mm-hmm. man, Johnny Kane, just the, the way that he um, interacts with the community that, you know, it's not like a separate thing to him. That's an annoyance that he's like, you know, he's involved in it and he, you know, he interacts with people as much as he does. Just Johnny Kane is just, that's a great answer. He is just the dude. I love that guy. So. He's awesome. And you kind of mentioned this, but the thing with Johnny too, is that he'll, he'll talk with anybody you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not, I'm not special just because I reached out to him and now 
I feel like we have a, a good relationship. I mean, he will, he will talk to anybody if you reach out to him. Like if you see him at the Piston games and you go up to him and be like, Hey, what's up, Johnny? Like he will, he will legit talk to you and start a conversation with you, Right. which, you know, he doesn't have to do that. You know, he could be like, kid, I'm working, get out of here. Or to me, he could have been like, what is this high school kid doing to my Instagram DMs? That's weird. Get out of here. But the fact that he answered back and the fact that he he reaches out and talks with anybody who asks him professional questions. Like I've seen I've seen him go on other people's podcasts too. And I, I I'm probably sure that they ask him questions about how to make it in this industry too. So yeah, he's a he's a cool dude. He's he's a really, really cool dude. So that's that's gonna be my answer. Oh, one hundred percent. And that that is a great answer. Um, I kind of want to shift to um, something a little different. We touched a little bit on um, on your platform and how you've gotten to this point, um, but we haven't really talked about what you talk about, and that is Detroit sports, all things mm-hmm. Detroit sports. Um, you and I both have been, I, I can tell you that you've been a lifelong Detroit sports fan. Um, you know, Since I, I was five, yes, sir. Yeah, same here, man. Um I remember the highs and the lows, you know, for me, when I think of my, my favorite Detroit sports moments, I think of the Magli Ordonez um, walk-off home run that sent us to the world Mm. series. Mm -hmm. I think of, um, I I think of that Pistons 0304 going to work team with that championship. Mm -hmm. Um, And other than that, we haven't had that many other highs. I mean, (laughs) the Red Wings, the Red Wings, you know, obviously they've always been a consistent high point of so many playoff runs, so many historic things that they've done um but in our in our lifetime like ever since we've been kids we have kind of dealt with um some really difficult times as sports fans so my question to you is despite all these hardships we're still a very loud vocal passionate community and my question to you is what what makes Detroit sports special to you because I think there is something about it that's overlooked and something that's truly different yeah well, before I get to that, I'll, I'll mention this really quickly with regards to how I cover every team on my Twitter page. Um, I, I've met so many great people through my videos. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons for that is because I cover everything. You know, I don't just make piston videos or wings or tigers or lions videos. I do everything. <laughs> and I've met so many cool people, whether it's been people who are just Tiger fans, whether it's someone who knows me from just my Lions videos or someone who's a big Red Wing fan or Piston fan, whatever the case may be. It, it, I, I think that's very cool for me personally. The fact that I'm not just, I'm not known as just a, a Red Wings guy or a Lions guy, you know, like I'm right. a, I'm a Detroit sports guy. And that does mean a lot to me because this is, I mean, this is home. I've been a Detroit sports fan since I was five years old. I wear the old English D in all my videos because Detroit is home and right. it, it, I love the city and I, I love the teams. I love the fans. Um, now to transition to over, over into your next question, Sean, this city is hungry to win. <laughs> yes, it um, is, there, There's no denying that they are hungry to win. And it's not just one fan base that's really hungry either. All of the fan bases <laughs> are hungry to win. And though it's going to take time for all four of them, when they are all good again, this city is going to be absolutely unbelievable oh, it's, going to be, I, I, it's, it's going to be electric i promise you it's going to be so good because when any of our teams are good it just feels so different i mean it's kind of hard to describe sean but when the tigers are good there's just such a different feeling of going to comerica on the a city summer feels night alive. It feels alive at a level that it's not always. Yeah. When the Tigers are good, it just feels so different to go to a summer game at Comerica or you go to a fall postseason game at Comerica too. Mm -hmm. It feels different when the wings are good and you're going to, it used to be the Joe, but one day we'll go to Little Caesars Arena and feel that electric atmosphere of Red Wings playoff hockey. 
um, when the Pistons are good. We saw back during the lockdown when there are no sports going on, we saw how electric the Palace was when FSD was replaying those Piston-Laker games in 2004. We saw how electric the Palace was for those games. So we know how how electric this city gets when the Pistons are good. And when the Lions, hopefully one day in our lifetime, when they <laughs> when they hopefully get good soon – I can't, I can't even imagine what the city is going to be like. I mean, oh, when, yeah. the, when the Lions do something good, it, it's going to be unbelievable, the, man. The thing so. is, man, the, 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 the city backs – I am also a huge Detroit sports fan. For me, mm-hmm. the Pistons – the Pistons are, you know, my, my main my mainstay. That's where it started. But I, I, I love each and every team equally mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. For me, when I think of, like, the most electric sports moments of my life, I think of – the countless memories I have at the, at the palace, that building just means something different to me. Um, my favorite game I ever went to was Ben Wallace's first game back to Detroit, but in a bulls uniform. Um, I don't know if you remember that game at all, mm-hmm. um, but that was a, that was a special mm-hmm. atmosphere. And then um, I've only been to one lions game and it was a super, <laughs> super hype game. When I say it, you're already going to know it's what it is. Um, it was Monday night football versus the Jets, Matt Patricia's oh. first game. That was my only live Lions game, dude. I I have That's never painful. been dude, <laughs> I have never I have never like the the mo- the the pick six at the very beginning of the game, very first pass from Sam Darnold in his career. Um, that pick six, I believe it was Quandre Diggs, right? It was. Um yep. I, I've had people tell me I wasn't at that game, but I've had people tell me who have went to like multiple lion games that that moment was the loudest they ever heard Ford field. That was go ahead. um, I I was just going to say, I, um, I have never had an experience like that in my entire life. Someone like a random guy behind me, we're all jumping up and down. He, he, he grabs me and hugs me from behind and we're all jumping violently and yelling and shock. And he goes, dude, I am so sorry. I was going to fall if I didn't do that. And I turned to him, I was like, I was like, are you kidding? That was awesome. (laughs) I, I just, I think that just goes to show you, Sean, that this, this city does really have great fans. And though times are tough, right now um Mm -hmm. when when they get good again it this city is just gonna it's they're just gonna latch on to (laughs) that they are really gonna latch on to that this city is so tired of losing and it sucks because the losing is not close to being over for any of the (laughs) any of them but when we do get a winner it's gonna feel so so good after all the years of pain that we've been through and that we are currently going through um there is another point that i do want to bring up from what you said um you mentioned how you're a fan of all teams but the pistons are kind of like your top team if you will yeah they're kind of the one that that that's Mm -hmm. in my heart snuggliest Mm -hmm. i guess i would say (laughs) i've had people ask me this before if i have a favorite out of the bunch and i always tell them the same answer it's what i'm going to tell you right now because you saying that made me think of it I mean, it's kind of like picking which kid is your favorite. Like, I don't, people might not believe this, but I don't have a favorite. Like, even though I wear the old English D Tiger cap in every video, like, the Tigers necessarily aren't my favorite. Um, I, I will say, though, the Tigers hold a special place in my heart because they were the first team I fell in love with. But I don't have a favorite. Like, I, I love all of them equally. And that's how I am with the Pistons. Like I, I absolutely love each team for a different reason, but I love them all equally. But for me, it's the same thing of, I, I was a little kid when I was a huge Pistons fan, they came to my hometown, Grand Rapids, and they had a preseason game at the Van Andel arena. And I remember, I'll never forget that moment because that was when I fell in love with that team and, you know, saw huge guys like Darko Milicic, which we don't have to talk about. Um, oh. <laughs> court. <laughs> you know, just, um, yeah, I, I, I'm the exact same way as you where, you know, I, um, I, I've only gotten to hockey recently, but man, when the, when the red wings are good, the, the arena is just sensational. And, um, the, the thing is, is like, even though the lions have just been garbage for all these years, um, the fact that they are still as, 
um, as entertaining of a team to watch is, and, and just have as much of a backing as they do. Um, it's just crazy. But you know, the thing with the Pistons too, Sean, or the, with the Lions, excuse me, the thing with the Lions is that whenever anything remotely good happens, right, freak out. <laughs> so uh, imagine <laughs> what's going to happen when this team actually does something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like when we drafted TJ Hawkinson, Twitter declared a Super Bowl, like right then well, and there. You can you can at me if you want. I mean, <laughs> I'm still a massive TJ Hawkinson no, fan. No, but I, yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't bashing TJ Hawkinson. I was just using that as an example. I think yeah. he was a, I think he was a stud this year. Yeah. Um, but but uh, with this uh, last little bit of time I have, I would be remiss if we didn't talk some Pistons because oh man, um, it. Even though we have a, even though this is, you know, like one of the worst starts we've had in franchise history that we're definitely going to be in the talks of a top five pick in the lottery. I Good. still think that, yeah, um, about time um, there, I think there's been a lot to cheer about. And I guess my first question I would ask you, if you had to like give Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey a report card and you had to give them a grade for how things have been, I know Troy Weaver, it's really hard to judge. He's only been the GM for a few months Mm-hmm. Um, but of what you've seen so far, what would you, what would you say you like? What would you say you want to see change? Um, I think Troy Weaver's done a really good job so far, honestly, Sean. Um, I agree. I think, yeah, I think he's done a really good job. I mean, flip, <laughs> flipping that roster completely over in about a span of a week or two. I still don't know how he did it. <laughs> Dude, he, I, he was, I don't he was know. more ruthless than the guy who wrote Game of Thrones. He George R. I, R. Martin, that whole thing. I cannot believe he flipped that roster the way that he did. I mean, it needed to happen, but the fact that he actually did it in like a week or two, I, I still don't know how it happened. I mean, I remember just sitting back and watching it all happen. I, I just... <laughs> It was unbelievable to see it unfold, especially draft night. The draft night was unbelievably insane. <laughs> but- it was so it was so unpistons like because this is this was just something that I've been waiting to see for years. That level of aggression and that level of of um like this moxie and wanting to do stuff like that. And the fact that it happened as quickly as it did was just unreal. I mean, I remember always watching, and whether it's the NBA or the NFL or whatever, I remember always watching teams be so aggressive in the draft and free agency and the trademark, and I'd always be like, man, I wish the Pistons would be like that. And then on draft night, the Pistons were the most aggressive team out there, and I was like, damn, this is fun, (laughs) but this is also stressful. (laughs) Like, this is just – this is incredible to just sit back and watch as a fan, but – no, I think Troy Weaver's done an incredible job. I mean, when you look at all the moves that he's made so far, mm-hmm. there's honestly not one that I hate right now. I mean, the only one that I still kind of truly dislike was the Bruce Brown trade, but right. I mean, it's not something that I'm going to like harp on forever, you know? If, the, if trading Bruce Brown was your worst deal, I think that's a good thing, you know? <laughs> And the thing that I even wonder, Tony, and like when I look, when I watch this team, um, Bruce Brown is an absolutely talented player. I think he was underappreciated in, in his time oh, in Detroit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and people, when um, when they saw the trade to Brooklyn, I think people undervalued like how big of a deal that could be for them, especially mm-hmm. now with the role he has to play with James Harden, mm-hmm. and and you know with that depleted depth. Um, He's their only guy that plays defense. Literally, man, him and sometimes Kevin Durant, and when it matters, maybe well, you James know Harden. James and Kyrie aren't doing it. Oh man, dude, I, oh man, that that team is is it is going to be so fascinating to see how that develops. Um, you gotta give me on another episode so we can just talk NBA. Tony, literally, dude, Tony, you are. I was gonna say this at the end, but you are welcome anytime. And um dude like honestly i consider you a friend at this point and someone that i definitely enjoy talking with so yes please we definitely got to make that happen for sure um but yeah if troy weaver's worst move is bruce brown i think that's a good thing i mean all the other moves that he's made have been really really good right. um you look at the jeremy grant signing that's jeremy grant. unbelievable J- jeremy grant's an all-star this year i don't care what anybody says i mean i'm trying my best to vote him in single-handedly, <laughs> but he, he absolutely deserves to be an all-star this year. 
Oh, 100. And, and to me, the fact that I, it, is there a debate that he's the most improved player? Like, is there other names no. that people no. can bring up? Because no. I, I, I've heard people say like, uh, I've heard people say that Jalen Brown could be in the discussion for most improved player, but I'm like, no. Jalen Brown's been doing this since last year. Like he, yeah, in the if you bubble, actually, if you actually paid attention to the Boston Celtics, you would know Jalen Brown can play. Exactly. Like the guy was a hooper in the bubble uh-huh. and it just feels like that ex- it's extending to now, but like, mm-hmm. like no one has like bumped up their production with, also like like on a consistent level let alone the fact he's scoring as much as he is and as efficient as he is like he's a walking 20 points yeah the guy like he he can guard lebron and make him uncomfortable which lebron looked uncomfortable against us in the second half mm-hmm. the other night mm-hmm. and in the fact that he's that consistent of a score like the, the guy's mip like without <laughs> without a question most improved player all-star MVP, mm-hmm. give him all the awards if you oh, ask me. Just put the trophy case in his house. Let's <laughs> give just a, said- give him the NBA Finals trophy, not the team. <laughs> him, um, yeah, definitely not the team. We're not not we're the not Pistons. Just- no, 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 no. Give him the top five pick and give Jeremy Grant the Finals trophy. But no, Jeremy Grant's been fantastic. Um, um, Wayne Ellington, oh my God, Wayne Ellington's yeah, been unbelievable. Yeah, where did he, like where did that come from? Like, I just... I did not know Wayne Ellington had that in him, but hey, he could probably get us a nice second round pick though, so that's cool. Oh, one hundred percent. Josh Mason, Jackson before the Josh injury. Jackson, even after the injury, he's he struggled a little bit after the injury, but now it seems like he's starting to kind of get it going again. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people like to crap on Mason Plumlee, and I get it. But if you honestly look at the numbers and you watch the games, I mean, yeah, Mason Plumlee has been great, but he also hasn't been terrible, in my opinion. I mean, and, he's and, been better than expected. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think the biggest the biggest thing that people underestimated w- with Mason was the fact that he was brought on this team to make Killian better. Like, he was there to, like, make Killian's life easier. And when Killian mm. has played, even though he's struggled, his best basketball has happened when he's been playing with Mason. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, yeah, I, Isaiah Stewart, like, I know, yeah. I, I, I know, um, I know it's really difficult to not make this comparison to me. I look at him and I see a 2021 Ben Wallace, honestly. Oh no, I've, I've made that comparison too. And so as um, King in his YouTube videos, he was the first one that actually made me think, is he Ben Wallace? And then I watched more Isaiah Stewart. I'm like, King is right. That's Ben Wallace right there. <laughs> it, it, it's it's insane. Like the similarities just of how they play, the way they handle themselves. Like when, um, w- when I saw like video of him after we drafted him, because, you know, everyone was like, why did we draft this guy? And then we saw mm-hmm. his work ethic and we were like, okay, why did no one else draft this guy? <laughs> because I mean- he's been a steal. I'm not trying to crap on Andre, but when we draft Isaiah Stewart, I do remember a few people saying this is just Andre 2.0. I, I, I specifically remember saying this is not Andre 2.0. I, I Andre, and again, I'm not trying to crap on Andre, yeah, but no, I never, no. I never saw Andre have as much heart as I saw in the few highlight clips that I watched of Isaiah Stewart at Washington. And now you're Stewart seeing it had, now. Yeah. He just had a different fire, man. Like you can, you can even see it just by looking in their eyes. Like Andre Drummond, sometimes you, the fact that you even had to question if he was in it, into it certain games, like even um, Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest examples I think of is, is the Milwaukee series. I think he was struggling so much that you kind of saw. Brooke Lopez was in his head. We we know that. Free real, free real (laughs) estate. Him and him and and Joel Embiid were playing volleyball on the beach in that guy's head that, that day, man. Oh my goodness. But like you never question that with Isaiah Stewart. No. And, and the, the thing with is, go ahead. I was just gonna say the fact that he's had like Giannis John with him. He's had mm. LeBron getting annoyed with him. Mm. Like Montrez Harold. Dude, I love it. Yeah. And another thing with Isaiah Stewart is that you know James Edwards III wrote a good piece the other day. Um, he mentioned how Isaiah Stewart is Detroit, mm-hmm. and that it, it's a. The the Ben Walls comparison is a good example just from that standpoint because yeah. you know Ben was the heart of 
fat going to work 04 team. Mm-hmm. And now it kind of feels like Isaiah Stewart could be the heart, literally, of our future. And yeah. that's it's exciting. It's definitely exciting. Um, it, it really now with is. regards to Troy Weaver's other – with regards to other draft picks from Troy Weaver, I mean, Killian obviously got hurt. It's hard to assess what we saw in his first seven or so games before the injury. Right. And don't want to overreact to – don't want to re- don't want to yeah. overreact to his struggle, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was expected. I said yeah. when we drafted him that he's not going to come into the league right away and pop off. But people, uh, people called him a bust anyway. But regardless, right. um, and as for Sadiq Bay, I still really like Sadiq Bay, and this is mm-hmm. why I'm going to talk about Dwayne Casey briefly. But like, it, Troy Weaver's done a fantastic job, in my opinion. Dwayne Casey. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the inconsistent minutes night in and night out. And I mm-hmm. get it. There's a lot of guys that need to get minutes and it's such a crazy season. And with the short off season, it was kind of hard to get a look at who should be getting how many minutes and whatever. I completely get that. But right. You know, having, having Sadiq Bay not play one night and then having Savi not play one night and then Seku right. getting five minutes a game while Blake gets close to 40 when he's struggling. I just, I, I know I know people don't like it when people complain about, you know, Dwayne's minutes, but that's, right. that's a complaint for me about Dwayne. I, I just haven't been a fan of the minutes so far. I think, I think it's definitely a valid criticism. I, I think for me, um, I, I, you know, I, I think I've been one of the more vocal uh, Dwayne Casey apologists on Twitter <laughs> for a lack of better terms. Um, I definitely, if I had to give my criticisms, I would definitely say minutes have been, um, really fascinating in that way. Fascinating is a way to say what the heck's going on. Um, but you know, um, I, I definitely agree that it is a little disheartening to see guys like Sadiq Bay get DNPs on nights where, like, I, I don't even think he played against the Lakers. Um, no, which, he didn't. That's which, why I kind of brought him up like that. Right. You know, seeing seeing guys like him and, like you said, Sfee, um, just these absolute studs, just not get minutes is difficult. Um, for me, I. When I talk about Seku, I love Seku. I think he's a really talented young kid. I think he's got a super bright future. Mm-hmm. But even with these draft picks, I would still say he's our most raw prospect on the team. And and I oh, think the the French connection is definitely really, really, really raw. One hundred percent. But like I, I think and, and that's why, like to your point, like people calling them busts. Like it's just absolutely ridiculous. No, um no. I, I think I think we got a super bright future. Um, and I, and I definitely agree with the, with the criticism that it hasn't been perfect, but I think after the trade deadline, I think you're just going to see, I, I don't oh, yeah. Blake Blake's untradeable. Like, let's just go out and say, I love yeah. Blake. Everything he's done for the city. Appreciate the heck out of him. Mm-hmm. It, that is an untradeable contract yeah, with that, with them. that, with that player option, even with, even if the player option wasn't there to pay him that much, it's not, not going to happen. No. Um, Tony, I know you have to get going. Um, so I just want to say, Seriously, man, thank you so much for hopping on. Um, please, please, please come back. Um, absolutely love sitting down chatting with you. You definitely set the bar high for guests. Um, and I That's definitely what I like I'd, to hear, dude. I'd love to come on Trash Talk sometime and cause some cause a noise. That would be fun, dude. I, I we need to get more guests on the Trash Talk for sure because, like, my Trash Talk crew, it's me and four or five other guys right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're adding a fifth guy this week. So um, it's going to be a, a crew of how many? I, I can't do math. So it's me, Eli, Mike, Grant, Tyler, Jay, six. Okay, it's yeah. going to be six people. And we're going to start to get more guests onto the show. Um, so, Sean, I will definitely have you on the short list. And again, thank you so much for having me on as your first guest here. And whenever you need me again, I will definitely be sure to come back on. Oh, dude, I'm I'm definitely taking you out up on that. We need to have a all Pistons episode. You, me, and Eli. That would be again. That would be quite. I'm a so time. here for it. I'm so oh, here dude. for it. It's it's what we need, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, um, real quick, uh, do you do you want to just throw it again? Just your like where people can follow you, where they can see you, all that stuff. Yeah, at Tony Dabrowski. That's at Tony D O M B R O W S K I on Twitter. And um, again, Sean, just thank you so much for having me on. Um, whenever you need me, I will come back. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I hope, I hope to have you as a semi-regular with, I know you're a busy guy with college and stuff, but you really are one of the most just genuine down to earth dudes on, on the app. And 
just a passionate, just super humble, very good guy that I enjoy getting to know and sitting down and, um, and you're, re- you know, your stuff too. You really do. So um, again, we are definitely doing this again, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, again, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Ye West two five five. Yes. That is really my Twitter handle. Sean Ye West two five five. But thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a great rest of your day and catch you guys next week from Half Court. 